Hey everyone, welcome to the stream. We got another episode of Dojo Talks today and a very special guest uh, with us. We have uh, Benji uh, Porto, who is a uh, has a PhD in physics and uh, nowadays works part-time as a performance coach. He's been working uh, for 1.5 years with uh, an elite chess player, 2700, that I think will remain anonymous for their privacy. <laughs> Uh, but he's also worked with a number of um, other uh, mental performance athletes. Is that is that right, Benji? Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, uh, it's great to have you. Uh, thanks for joining us today. We'll be talking about like performance coaching, things like fitness and yeah. uh, nutrition. Maybe you could give folks a little bit more of a detailed background of how you got into this field and what your experience has been like. Yeah, so um, I've always been, you know, into sports and sports science and, um, uh, you know, into, you know, looking at data myself, you know, the whole quantified self thing. But, uh, you know, working with numbers for years and years, I really wanted to, to do something to help others. Right. So I got really attracted to coaching to really, you know, have this uh, this human element. Um, so, um it kind of like uh, uh, fell together that um, I, um, I I I I gathered like some 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 material, you know, some plan of like uh, what to do, and uh, and and got really lucky to um, know I've been collaborating, you know, very closely with uh, with uh, with an elite player, you know, and of course like you know many other um, other people. So um, here today, I'd really like. You know, it's not gonna be recipe of like, okay, uh, you guys should like, you know, go run twice a week or something like this. It's more like, I'd like to give people, you know, framework of like, you know, why understand why sport is important. Uh, and like, uh, uh, you know, so, some basics of physiology of like, you know, what are the big principles of uh, of training? Um, I'll show like also uh, uh, some 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 super interesting data from, from uh, or like nameless uh, uh, chess player, and um, you know uh, I'll be also touching about like also the basics of the mental preparation. So um, this is also something that uh, you know I was quite interested in doing, but um, I felt like I couldn't really um, learn it just from a book. So this is where I, I did like you know a part-time degree to really uh, you know I, I'm not a sports psychologist per se, but I really wanted to learn practical tools that mm -hmm. I could uh, I could give to people to to you know uh, help them out. So when it comes to your work with like these athletes, is it um, are you actively with them like in the gym like a fitness trainer, or is it more of like creating a plan for what they should do on on their time? Well, I would I would love to be uh, uh, by the track or uh, by the gym with uh, in the gym with people, but uh, clearly it's uh, 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 since pandemic it's all been uh, uh, remote only, right? And um, that's that's the thing. Uh, I think um, I really want to uh, bring out like what people have been doing really for the past uh, at least forty years in endurance sports. I think could greatly benefit the, the chess players as well, which is to really look at your 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 year as a whole and say, okay, uh, there's like really important tournaments I want to be in my peak condition for. And, and then, you know, plan the whole year around it. So uh, I think that, that um, and of course, like plans, you know, you make a big plan and then uh, 
smaller plans and then smaller plans into smaller plans. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you always need to, to adjust things, but uh, definitely having some like bird's eye view and not just like, oh, we just do sports uh, is, uh, is, is super important. Right, right. Um, very cool. So yeah, Benji has um, prepared uh, a nice presentation for us. I know a lot of people are going to be uh, listening to this uh, via podcast or audio form. Um, so we will do our best to kind of explain um, what's going to be on the slides. Um, but for everyone interested, we'll also have like a PDF of um, the full notes. It's going to be available hopefully on um, uh, on YouTube and possibly on some podcast platforms uh, as well. But um, yeah, worst case scenario, just find the YouTube video of this interview and we'll have the PDF link there if you want um, Benji's full notes. So, um, well, let me let me leave it up to you. Where where would you like to to start? Yeah, let's let's uh, let's. Um uh, uh, let's let's move on to the next slide. Where um, just briefly, um, I'd like to to bring this notion of um, uh, finite and, and infinite games, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So um, and it's like sh shoot out to uh, you know Sa Sasha Chapin, uh, also a chess improver, um, that that was bringing this. It's it's a notion that uh, this this writer James Cars who passed away last year uh, brought out, and it's like you've you've got to think that you know the You've got the finite game, which is you know the game that you play. But the infinite game is when you you make the rules as you go to to keep the game going, right? And definitely you've got to think of you know yourself as a player as you know playing the infinite game with with your whole chess career, right? So um, how do I stay healthy? Um, how do I stay motivated? How do I manage my tournaments? Uh, uh, and so on, and maybe even you know after your 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 career is over, maybe you're gonna do something else. That's the infinite game, and, and so um, definitely you need to sometimes you know uh, uh, chess players are really good good on the board, but sometimes you need to step take a step off and think of yourself as the um, as the, the individual. Um, so if we go on the next slide, I've I've made a graph, and um, it's basically. Um, the performance is kind of relies on like the two pyramids. So on one side, you've got your chess thing, which uh, is every single other uh, dojo guest is going to be better than me at uh, saying, you know, your, your chess pyramid. And uh, it's like, okay, um, uh, you know, it's really hard to do a, a strategy if you just, uh, you know, give out your pieces in one move. Um, so there's like bases and then like you, you build it up. And, um, for the performance as well, it's um, it's kind of like this in, in layer. So uh, at the bottom, you've got your sleep and recovery, then you've got nutrition, then you've got exercise, and then you've got like all sorts of uh, mental toughness. And if we go on the, uh, on the next slide, I just explain why um, there is such a hierarchy, because actually if you mess up one layer of the pyramid, all the layers up are gonna be impacted, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you actually have a really short night of sleep, um, that's something you may have, have noticed that you will tend to snack more and be more hungry because you know your hormones are, are, are disrupted. Um, so your nutrition is going to be messed up if your sleep is messed up, uh, and, and so on. Like also, you you sleep uh, poorly, you're not going to be as well rested to do um, exercise. So now you're messing up um, uh, exercise. Also, if you mess up your nutrition. You're not going to be able to exercise properly, you know, in terms of you know fueling it or like uh, even if you um, 
you start a new uh, training program, but uh, your nutrition's out of control, you're going to be uh, gaining weight instead of losing weight or maintaining it or not achieving your goals. Um, and if like, you know, all of these are like not in place, uh, you know, the, the, all the mental toughness thing should be really the, the icing on the cake once everything is in place. So if, if none of this is in place, uh, uh, you, you can forget about this um, yeah. as well. Yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense. Like I've noticed, I mean, I'm 28, so I'm, you know, relatively young, but these last few years, like when, if I don't get enough sleep or if I, you know, stay up all night, I really feel it a lot more the next day and maybe maybe in the day after that, just in terms of like energy, like hunger, all this stuff. And I guess your point is like, yeah, it's a lot easier to be mentally tough when everything else is feeling good and healthy. Like you can can go a lot, a lot further. Yeah, 100 um, percent. And, um, you know, a, a lot of people like um, it, it's true that something decline with age, but it's also like do you want to let it decline with age? Because um, this is it's also like often uh, talked about in terms of chess strengths. Um, and then when we point out that one chess player is doing really well in his old age, it's like, he's an exception. It was like, well, yeah, but like if your theory can be um, uh, uh, falsified by one exception, then it's like uh, uh, not true basically. But it is, uh, one thing is true, uh, is like as as you age, you need to put like more and more effort into you know maintaining uh, your not only your health but also your motivation to play. So uh, I can understand why you know some players at some point it makes more sense life wise to uh, just retire. Right. Um, okay. So um, the, the thing I want to um, so even though sleep is at the bottom of the pyramid, I'd like to start with exercise because this is the the big thing and there's like some very important concepts. Um, I'd like to 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 explain. Sure. So, um, you know why why physical exercise? Why is it so important for chess? So, okay, there's like some straight up benefits uh, to your brain because um, lots of data that um, you know exercise increases uh, cognitive performance. Uh, very simply, you've got more brain flow to your brains, uh, but also like you've got new blood vessels that will be created in your brains. Uh, there will be. Uh, a little, some some extra neurons, not that much, but a few extra neurons, but also more uh, uh, connections will be created. And so this is all like nice and fine, right? But you can still ask yourself, okay, but like, why, why, why is it still important still? Because like, um, and, and this is where, you know, we really need to understand where the, the mental fatigue comes from. And um, the, my, my guiding star, so to speak, to, to think about this is, um, is a model that's, uh, you know, uh, it's been developed in the past few years by um, a researcher like Samuel E. Marcora, uh, you know, and, and his like colleagues, uh, Jeroen Van Katzen, I've been in, in touch with him. And this model is called the psychobiological model of endurance performance. There's a lot to unpack here. It's a very big word, but um, let's, let's see what this uh, model entails. If we go next slide. Um, it's, it's basically, you know, a model of like, um, endurance performance. And there's, there's two components to this. Um, one is your motivation and the other is, uh, uh, your perception of effort, you know, mm -hmm. or, or hard you're, you're going. So, um, I, I've got this neat graph on the next, um, on the next slide. And so let's say you start. I'm going to explain it in um, in exercise terms, and then I'm going to explain it in chess terms. 
Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say you start uh, an exercise, right? And you know your your regular uh, uh, job, you know. And at first it's easy, but as the, as the exercise goes, even though you start easy and you stay at the same pace, it becomes more and more difficult, right? You feel more and more tired. So this is this like uh, uh, perception of effort increases with time. Mm-hmm. And and basically what says like. Um, when you're going to call it quits, this is where the motivation part comes in, right? right? So this is like the, this, this horizontal line that, that, that says like, okay, uh, I'm going to call it quits. And if you're in the Olympic final, right, you're, you're, you're going to go like, you know, a lot, you're going to push yourself to like much bigger uh, um, uh, pain. And so what happens when, we, when you train? When you train, you basically decrease this perception of effort, right? All of a sudden, you're really fit and this like, you know, easy jog is like even easier. You, you just, you know, you started. Um, and then like, okay, as, as time goes, you, you keep on running and, and this perception of effort still creeps up. But as a result, you know, the, the slope of this, of this uh, uh, perception of effort where it's gonna reach the point at which you call it quit much later. Um, so this is, this is clearly the, the essence of this model. It's like uh, how the motivation and this perception of effort um, combined together to, to say when you're going to quit. So now in chess term, okay. Um, imagine like how difficult it is for you to, you know, calculate long lines. Right. And as, as, the, um, uh, as you start your game, it's going to be easy. And, uh, you know, after four hours in it, it's, it's harder and harder. Yeah. Right. So this is this perception of effort as well that, you know, creeps up and, um, uh, when you're gonna call it quits, it depends. You know, if you if you uh, if you're playing uh, uh, Carlsen for the game of your life, or if you're just you know playing casually. Uh, so same same interplay of motivation and uh, uh, perception of effort, and same you train through calculation. The perception of of uh, of mental effort is um, is uh, is coming down. So um, if we move on to the, yeah, the next actually, slide, I, I just want yeah, to ask go ahead, because go ahead. it's. It's yeah. definitely one thing I've noticed that like the the higher rate of the player, the more effort it feels like they're exerting at the board. Like if you give someone, uh, let's say, a difficult endgame where there's a lot of calculation, maybe like king and pawn endgame, lots of long lines to calculate. I often find that the lower rate of the player, the more likely they are to just kind of make a move based on, let's say, intuition and not based on calculation. Whereas if you give that same yeah. position to a stronger player like a master, they'll sit there and calculate for like 20 minutes. If you give it to a grandmaster, they might use all their time just because they really, really know how critical it is and how much they get it right. So you're saying how it's um, the perception of effort is decreased. Is it also a matter of like, you know, you're kind of able to tolerate the uh, let's say the difficulty for longer, like as it gets hard and challenging, you're kind of able to stay in that zone for like a longer period of time. Correct. Correct. So, uh, the GM, excuse me, will be already, you know, much more used to this calculation. So at the baseline, it's less effort for him than for the, for the amateur player. And then, uh, this perception effort is also going to rise slower for him, right. right? So as a result, it looks like you know they can they can go on for like you know hours and hours, whereas like um, after a while, it's going to be like, oh yeah, in this position, like uh, 
this move should be okay, that looks good, and uh, you actually haven't like checked it correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the same for like you know, um, if you if you it, the the amateur runner that runs like you know this four hour marathon, uh, and and um, the elite runner that runs this is is two hours marathon. Uh, maybe they all start at the same like perception of effort, but of course the perception of effort of the elite and his his, his speed at uh, a, per, a certain effort is like way higher, right? So right. that's that's how we can uh, explain both the amateur and uh, the elite with like um, these uh, these nice concepts. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, I guess so. Yeah, I move to slide number nine here. I guess my next question yeah. is. Um, how much do you think this has to do with, let's say, like, I guess, chess experience and chess strength versus like physical endurance when it comes so, to being able to calculate? That's that's the crux of things. And I think the, you know, the, the mental fat it's like, what is mental fatigue? And, and you know, these are things that uh, we don't have all the answers for because, you know, people like Samuel A there, they're really like doing like a lot of neat experiments there. Um, and I think it's a case that, the, the effort is like, um, it's not like you're, you're using like, you know, uh, your blood sugar into an exercise and you run out of, um, fuel quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more like, you know, uh, a, a buildup like the, um, the, um, this, this molecule called adenosine in your brain that, uh, makes you tired. And, um, you can feel like if you go after your long run, the fatigue you have after the end of your long run is kind of the same fatigue you have just before going to bed, like pay attention to, to, to the feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think this is like, you know, a slow buildup of chemical in your brain as you exert yourself. And, um, and so this is, um, I think this is the, the critical point of like, why is effort, um, physical, uh, effort important for chess? Because as you, um, I realize I haven't, I've, I've quit mid sentence in my slide. Like, uh, we'll have edited this for later on, um, as, as physical exercise, um, you know, pushes yourself, you, you push yourself, um, also the, um, the efforts that's needed for mental tasks. So there's like, um, the result of this model is like, okay, now how do you, how do you become, you know, uh, uh, tougher for longer? Well, one thing is like to push the motivation up, mm-hmm. right? Like, but of course this is limited, right? Because, uh, it's, it's hard to like hype yourself for like, you know, the gold medal, at, uh, in the first round of your local open. Right. Um, but I mean, you, you definitely, you do what's best there, but, uh, definitely there is this super interesting interplay between um, uh, the perception of, of uh, pain uh, in physical sports and the perception of e- um, effort in, um, in uh, mental tasks. So they're doing a lot of cool experiments. Like um, they take people and uh, they do like uh, really exhausting mental tasks. So these aren't like rook end games, but like uh, close. And then they see like uh, how long they, they last and um, people last like uh, a lot less longer, right? In their uh, endurance task till, uh, till exhaustion. So um, this, is, uh, this is super interesting and, and they're doing lots of uh, interesting experiment. And, you know, like, I think this is uh, a key to understanding why uh, 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 sport is uh, is important for for chess and uh maybe one day it will be uh uh the sports people 
that want to improve their math on time and they're going to do rook end games before their uh, their training because it will push them already to um to uh, uh, a state of tiredness and now they can push harder in their physical effort and the interplay of both will be like you know uh, uh, better adaptation so um, so you're saying doing the mental exertion before the physical yeah yeah definitely doing the mental exertion before the physical uh, um, there, there's like a, a couple of, uh, of super interesting uh, uh, studies like this uh, and uh, it makes people you know uh, um it really impacts their uh, uh, physical performance, even though like there's no, uh, uh, it's just all in your brain because it's all in the perception of effort and not like a physiological, uh, purely physiological uh, effect. Right, so, um, okay, you mentioned motivation. One thing I've always noticed is that like when I get to a tournament, like I'm playing a tournament in six weeks, when I get there and like the pairings come out or like the first round starts, all the players are there, I'm like super motivated then, like, you know, I want to do really well. I want to win, get rating points, get norms, like all this stuff. Then after the game, I always feel like I have a lot of energy, like analyze the game, analyze the other games and, and kind of like I, I treat the whole experience as just like a wonderful um, week of training where you just get to play a lot of chess, study a lot of chess. But obviously, I, I always have this like... Um, I think a lot of players experience this. I always have this regret, like, why didn't I work harder leading up to this moment? Like, I knew I was going to be playing. Why didn't I study my openings better? Why didn't I work on my calculation? But right now, like six weeks out, if I want to, like, study and train for that tournament, it takes a lot more, like, energy. I feel like I need a lot more motivation to actually work. Is it because it's just so far away, like, it's six weeks out and the brain just doesn't quite appreciate that? Is there any way to, like make it feel more urgent? Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely a question of planning. Uh, and there's definitely, um, you know, I've learned techniques where we can, uh, you, you mentally go through all your plannings. So now it's something that you can do either in regular consciousness or in some kind of altered consciousness, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, you can call it hypnosis, but when we say hypnosis, people think, you know, stage hypnosis and stuff like that. But uh, in that in that term, it just means deep relaxation state, mm-hmm. um, and, and you can really, uh, you know, uh, basically it's imaging. Uh, uh, you know, you're gonna visualize all the training you need to do, uh, and um, uh, with the aim to like, you know, uh, make it uh, um, uh, clear and obvious for you, easier to to do uh, 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 going forward. But uh, I think I see this as a uh, as a a, a planning. I uh, think, but you know, chess has this tendency that because it's pretty much, you know, uh, let's call it close to infinite, uh, you know, like, oh, I'm going to finish my opening repertoire and then I'm going to play my tournament. It's like this, 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 this just doesn't happen, right? To no one, even, uh, uh, you know, no matter how, how high you go, there's no such thing as like, I finished my opening repertoire, right? right? So um, I think chess has this way of tricking you. Uh, but it's like, um, you know, you have to do your best for the training and then like it's the day of the game, you do your best and you cannot do better than your best, right? So if you really um, manage to, to to give it all uh, and then maybe, okay, if you can say I could have done better because uh, I could have trained more, then that's something to fix uh, for the next tournament. Right. 
Um, so you're mentioning like imagining your your training. So you're, you're saying just kind of like visualizing what you need to do for the next month or two months. And then that can kind of cultivate, let's say, some motivation to actually, you know, spend the time and, and do it. Like a lot of players, you know, they know they have to work on their calculation, but then they don't. I'm just speaking from experience here, but then they don't they don't spend the hour every day. Right. Like solving puzzles. Yeah. Um, maybe I mean, for some people, it's like I feel like um, because it doesn't have such an immediate effect. I think a lot of people enjoy chessable for this reason, because it feels like you're getting a lot done. You like complete the line. It's like you finish the chapter, you reviewed. It's like a very concrete thing you accomplished. Whereas when you're training calculation, you kind of have to have like faith in the process that one day you'll be better at calculating as long as you spend, let's say, the next 30 days uh, training. Um, so, yeah, is there any it's, way it's, to like, you know, give yourself, I guess, more more of a boost along the way? Uh, it's 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 tricky because this is um, this is really a part of uh, of motivation, right? Um, so I guess uh, uh, one way to achieve this is like you know, um, and it's it's the same. Like now we're talking about um, how do we modify your behavior when something is difficult to do, and and this is key, you know. Um, any coach has to do that. Um, any parents that has to put uh, their kids to bed or, or anything has to do that. So um, it's really something that is uh, 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 super interesting and, and, and super important. Um, the way I, I'd say um, that is a really good shortcut for people is accountability, mm -hmm. right? So let's say you've got your coach and um, well, uh, paying your coach and he's giving you these exercises and you need to get through them, well, uh, that's, um, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's one thing. Um, another thing is like you can work on uh, people's identity, right? Um, like, okay, I am a chess player and a chess player uh, uh, calculates one hour per day. Right. So I'm gonna do it because this is who I am, right? It's, it's the same like, you know, I'm not going to eat this, like, you know, uh, uh, I'm not going to eat half the chocolate cake and I'm going to have just a little piece because, um, not because I need to lose weight on it, because this, these are really hard goals, but it's like, okay, I'm a mental athlete and um, athletes don't eat the whole freaking cake, right? So uh, you can you can use this. So uh, is there accountability? Um, there's like different like tools and levers. So um, what's important is also to realize what uh, what's, uh, makes you tick, right? So um you know uh uh try accountability uh try try uh um uh, various things but uh it's it's basically you know um a behavior thing but uh, yeah definitely nobody wants to do um super unpleasant stuff right, right? Mm -hmm. um uh, athletes have to do you know really unpleasant uh interval session where you push yourself really hard uh these these are no fun uh but uh the the coach is sitting by the by the track or is uh, going to look at your uh, GPS and heart rate data uh, later on, and um, if you're not if you're not doing the but the thing and plus once you once you do it then you're usually glad you you do you've done it right, right. because you calculate better all of a sudden it's like yeah I've done my rookend games every day this week and and you know things starts to like um, you know fall into in, in into place in terms of uh, how things work together so. 
Yeah. No, I think the accountability is is a big thing. I, I'm sure you follow like Neil Bruce on Twitter. He posts what he's working on every single day. And I think it's that's a big part to why like, you know, the guy reads like 12 serious chess books a year. Cause every day he's posting like one example from what he read. He posts like how many pages he read. And if he like skips a couple days, like people will notice, you know, they'll tweet at him like, hey, Neil, like <laughs> what's going on? So I'm sure it's yeah. like a big uh, driving factor. I'm, uh, yeah, that's why I'm actually <laughs> I try to be very careful before tweeting stuff because I know I'll have to do it <laughs> if, I, if yeah. I tweet it. Shoot out, to, shoot out to Neil. But uh, yeah, there's this, this um, you know, for, for, for the elite, it's kind of like, you know, well, it goes without saying that they're going to do the super hard sessions, right? Uh, but as an amateur with like, you know, maybe your hobby, it's like, um, and knowing that everything's also going to be fine if, if you just play chess, you know, with the goal of having fun and not improving. So that's where it becomes like really difficult to like, yeah, do I really want to push myself? And they're like, you know, that's where the, the, the coach can really give you like a little uh, a little boost. Okay. Um, so, yeah, let's keep going. I'm on this slide about how to push uh, mental fatigue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about this one for a bit? Um, I think I think we've 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 kind of gone through. Uh, so, you know, um, I just put like a little like uh, a, a few uh, a few snippets of uh, uh different studies right like where um clearly um uh elite uh elite uh, endurance athletes um they will uh, they will feel the pain the same as regular people but they will endure it more right. so clearly like there's something uh, uh going down there um and um you know um a few uh um or the result in terms of like the interplay between the mental fatigue from sport and the me mental fatigue from uh, 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 cognitive tasks. And um, it's really a super interesting um, uh, uh, field of research that's uh, 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 growing. So cool. yeah, maybe we can, we can move on. Um, sure. So I'm on slide uh, number 10. Yeah. Um, okay. So how to think about sports and, and, and what does it mean to, to, to what happens when you do sports? So when you start exercising, right. Um, your, your body will, will be subject to a lot of stress, right. Uh, your, your cardiovascular system, uh, under a lot of stress and your muscles and so on. Uh, and then when you finish your exercise, right, then the recovery process, uh, um, takes place. And then you've got this phenomenon called, supercompensation, which is basically your body quote, rebuilds itself to a, a better version than before, mm -hmm. because it's like, okay, now I need to, you know, get ready for the next time the uh, exercise happens. Right. And if you do nothing, right, you're going to lose this, right. It's called detraining. Right. And, and you're going to, you know, so it's, if you just like do one uh, session and, and do nothing, then that you will won't have lasting gains. Um, so the idea is like uh, you train and then after recovery, you are at a slightly better uh, uh, level than before. And this is where you train again, right? And so on, like by doing this, you will ratchet up to a uh, um, higher level of fitness than, um, than before. Um, and, and you can see that um, conversely, uh, if you don't wait to be fully recovered, right 
you're gonna um, basically um, harm yourself, and and this is like this spiral, and this is called uh, um, overtraining. Right. Uh, and 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 some people can, uh, you know, uh, uh, definitely for a, a variety of factors uh, 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 fall into this. But this is where the the science of periodization comes from. It's like okay, you're gonna plan four sessions. Um, and, and these are roughly the same, whether it's resistance training or endurance training. Uh, like, okay, you've got rest uh, sessions, but you actually get better in between the session when you rest, right? And not while you exercise, because while you exercise, this is just pure, pure stress. Um, and then the idea is like, um, you've got these big blocks of, um, of training and before the big moment, the big competition, you kind of like take it easy, right? And and so you will have um, high, uh, high fitness because you have all this training, but also high freshness because you you just like don't have like lots of recent stress. And this is where like you you just perform at uh, at your best. So this is called like tapering, mm-hmm. where uh, that athletes do to to arrive at the best shape. Uh, and it's definitely like you know. Uh, something that um, uh, any mental athlete can uh, uh, also implement, um, and it's just, it's it it's makes sense, right? Like uh, also for if you periodize your your chess um, uh, uh, studying, right? You you're not gonna do the super heavy. Uh, uh, you you're not gonna bring out uh, Dvoreski on the Friday night before the first day of the tournament on a Saturday, right? right? Um, uh, I know that like, okay, of course, like the way your brain processes is, is different from like this physiology, but, um, uh, I think, uh, uh, broadly speaking, so to speak, uh, uh, these, um, uh, people will, will, uh, will, will really, uh, uh, um, understand what I mean here. Like, uh, this, this, this same type of, uh, uh, periodization as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I, actually I could use your help cause I, I have no idea if it works the same biologically, but I found that. Um, some of the times where I felt like I made the most progress in terms of pure calculation, like being able to visualize further or being able to kind of visualize clearer. Um, there are these periods of time when I was working specifically on my calculation. I remember a few times I was working with Dvoretsky books and there would be some problems. I would, um, let's say, calculate for, you know, 10, 15 minutes not really find the solution, but I would be really exerting a lot of effort and looking for as many ideas as I could find. Then I would uh, look at the solution given in the book and it'd be like these super deep lines. And then I would just try to like visualize the full solution, just knowing, like seeing the moves like that you were supposed to find, just trying to visualize, you know, kind of to feel what it would feel like to actually calculate these moves. And then by the end of the line, it would be really hard to visualize, right? Because I'd be reaching kind of the end of my abilities. Yeah. Um, and what I would do a few times is I would just kind of like, okay, calculate eight moves. It starts to get very fuzzy and like I see the next move, but in my brain, I, I don't, like clearly I'm not visualizing correctly anymore. So I kind of go back, I visualize it like a second time, a third time. Finally, by the third time, I, it, it starts to get a little bit clearer, but I can feel like, uh, almost like I'm stretching my ability to visualize and I remember doing this for, let's say, a few weeks at a time. And then sometime after that, maybe several weeks after the training or a month or two after the training, I felt like a very noticeable 
improvement in my ability to visualize variations. Now I can calculate deeper. If I revisited the same problems and tried to visualize a solution, now I can see the full solution and it's like the visualization is very clear. So it really feels like this kind of like resistance training like you were talking about where it's like you push yourself to your limits and then once you it takes some time to kind of kick in that's why it doesn't work like the night before a tournament because it's just yeah. too short but do you think physiologically it works in a similar way um this is what i say um i i don't know but here's what i know uh i know that um um sleep is super important mm -hmm. in terms of uh you know um moving memories to the um, the hippocampus like what you've learned to, to like a place where uh, they will be accessible later, you know, to, to, to different parts of memory. So sleep is critical for this. Um, I, I don't know about like, you know, something that would go beyond. Uh, so that'd be like for um, uh, um, maybe a, or, or resident uh, neuroscience experts, uh, uh, maybe shoot up to Vish. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so I, I don't know of research about this, but definitely I know that uh, Overnight, something happens. Um, what's easy for um, uh, physical exertion is that we can physiologically measure uh, things. Okay, um, we can measure, you know, um, uh, the strengths. We can measure, like, you know, range of motion as well to see uh, if how, if the muscles like uh, tight. Um, because if you if you don't have like a good range of motion, your, your muscles not fully recovered. And there's like this heart rate viability, which I'm gonna talk about, uh, actually just two slides, we're gonna talk about recovery. So it's a lot easier to quantify this on the, um, the physical and uh, nervous system uh, uh, for this, but um, I don't know how to quantify it in terms of like, okay, uh, maybe your gains will come in two weeks or in a month. It's uh, super interesting. And uh, um, I'd love if, uh, if some, uh, some, some research data was, uh, was available. Yeah, they, yeah, it'd be great to have study some chess players, give them different kinds of like assignments, like solving easy tactics, solving difficult tactics, and then trying to, but yeah, like you said, it's very hard to quantify. For me, it's purely a subjective feeling. Like I feel like I can calculate faster or deeper um, and it was very noticeable at the end, but yeah, difficult to quantify. And then during the training, I remember a few times where at the end of it, it was like maybe 90 minutes, um, my brain would actually start to hurt a little bit. And I took that as a good sign. Like I really pushed myself to the limit because the, yeah, the brain is very exhausted. Can you give us any kind of timeline, like in terms of, and we can just, let's say, keep it to like physical training. Um, like how long does it take, let's say to make serious uh progress like in terms of these like macro and, and micro cycles um it's 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 gonna be straight away so the thing is um you know with 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 coaching is like you know as as you know from from you know um being a a great coach yourself um it's like you you take the individual way is and um uh, is sometimes i just have very open things and it's up to you to you know you're gonna shape like a full program sometimes they have a very precise goal and they want you to help them um they want you to help them to achieve one particular goal mm -hmm. you know um so um it's about um you know you know the, the goal is not to 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 make uh, um 
you know, uh, GMs run three-hour marathons, right? It's about um, just um, improving. And I think as soon as you start exercising, uh, you have gains, you have benefits. Uh, it's definitely there is data for that. Like, um, you know, as soon as you start exercising, uh, uh, you you will see health benefits. Uh, so um, it's it's on a health perspective. It's never too late to start, uh, and uh, you will see uh, you will see benefit. Um, you know straight away. Of course, you know if before starting uh, a new exercise regimen, you know consult with uh, a medical professional, and you know be mindful of your um, uh, medical history. But um, yeah, definitely. It's it it will be uh it will be uh against right away. It's it's uh how do you squeeze you know once you've reached um you know really extremes, um you know if you've got uh, somebody competing at the one day of the Olympics is going on uh, right now, but um, if you want to squeeze this last uh, uh, few seconds uh, on a race or whatnot, this is where it's going to be you know uh, uh, a lot more difficult. But at the beginning, the the gains are. Um, uh, a lot bigger right right oh, okay let's uh shall we move on yeah all right so next we have so it's the last number 11 mm-hmm. yeah so that's the last uh slides on exercise um and it's it's um call it like beware the black hole of exercise right um and um this is this um basically you know uh you can you can categorize the exercise into different intensity zones, and um, actually it might sound made up, but there is like very clear uh, physiological um, processes that mark the change from one zone to the other. Right. So the first zone is like zone we call it zone one. It's like a fairly easy exercise. Then you've got the moderate one, and then you've got the strenuous. Uh, high intensity uh, uh, zone, right? And uh, and and we could like you know in the lab measure where they they would go, but for for most people it's easy to kind of go by feeling as well. There's absolutely uh, no problem with that. And the thing is, recovering from a really hard workout and recovering from moderately hard workout take approximately the same time, mm. right? So we go with this problem that. Um, if you the goal is like to train and not to exercise because if you exercise and you just want to feel good like you know you can do whatever but if you want to train uh, like it's really important to make like your easy days easy and the hard days hard because what's going to happen if like let's say you you start exercising and after like you know a few weeks you feel good and and today is the day of your easy run uh, and let's say you feel good, you just go like you do it like uh, 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 as a tempo run, so uh, on a higher, and it feels great because doing, doing going faster feels feels better than going slower. The problem is like now uh, you're not gonna recover as much. Mm-hmm. So two days later or a day later, when it's time for your hard workout, it's not gonna be uh, you're not gonna push as hard, right? So. Um, and this is like this self-perpetuating cycle, which why this why like this little black hole uh, picture in the middle in the in the zone two, because um, this is where a lot of like amateur athletes uh, end up falling because um, they go too hard on their easy days and they don't go as hard in their um, in their difficult days. So 
yeah. uh, when when the thing would be to just try not to fall into the the black hole. Right. This really relates because I I mean the in the chart the three bars are all of equal lengths, but I actually feel it sounds like it's like 10% easy, 10% hard, and then like 80% of people fall into like the middle zone, myself included. Um, so this <laughs> this is really eye-opening to you, because it's so easy, yeah, like, so you're saying if you're going to have an easy day, make sure it's actually easy so that you're not messing with your recovery. And if you're Correct. going to, um, if you're going to train, then you should try to go all out because the recovery will be the same whether it's moderate or hard, but um, training to a hard degree is going to be better for for gains. Is that right? Yeah, correct. And and there's this is like there's a lot of uh, uh, data and experiments, you know, uh, on the science of physiology to uh, to back that up, right? And um, uh, it's super important that uh, you know athletes do a lot of uh, the easy workout, and um, that's. Uh, that's really um, uh, this. There's, there's actually no no uh, uh, special workout or magic sauce. It's like a lot of if you've got to do a lot of something, right? You can't do it like full gas on a physical basis because you just collapse. So a lot of this bulk has to be easy, and then because the moderate and the high are tough for your body. Just keep the moderate and do the do the do the hard, but um, yeah, it's difficult. Now, of course, if you just you know have time for one session a week, of course, maybe it's different and like you know do what you can because any exercise is better than no exercise. Mm -hmm. So, um, but um, I, I saw that I bring this uh, it's like black hole because a lot of people you know will will fall into the category of running you know uh, two three times a week. Um, we tend to like fall into this black hole and that, that right. would be a lot of like, you know, amateur. Um, no, I, I definitely have. So I, I'm going to rethink when I'm training to decide like, okay, is this a hard day or <laughs> easy day? I think in, in chess, there's a similar black hole where people are, let's say, doing a little bit of everything. Like they do some tactics and they work on their openings and they look at some end games. But then I find that nothing really improves hardcore so i often recommend to people like if you really want to improve like choose one topic for like a month at a time like you want to work on your calculation okay like do 30 days like one hour intense calculation everything beyond that is just bonus or you want to work on your end games and like 30 days one hour end games beyond that everything is bonus whereas when people kind of do like 20 minutes of this 20 minutes of that i feel like it's hard for it to really kind of stick long term yeah, definitely. Okay, um, should we move on to recovery? Sure. Okay, so um, I mean, this is like some super, you know, fashionable um, uh, research area. There's many, many books, a lot of content on like, uh, you know, uh, how important sleep is. And I think, you know, there's really no need to, to sell it uh, that much. Um, everybody know um, how well you, you, after a good night of sleep, how much better you even like play chess than mm -hmm. after a poor night of sleep, right? And and sleep is really uh, linked to a variety of like, you know, bad um, health outcomes. Um, and also one tricky thing is like, if you got a small sleep deficit, you're not aware of it. You feel mm -hmm. good, but you're still impaired, right? So that's, um, that's also uh, a problem. So uh, a lot of like, you know, sports team are like uh, 
you know, looking at improving sleep uh, for the athletes, especially as they travel far and wide. Um, and, uh, you know, if they go to an away game and like, how are they going to sleep? Do they stay there? Do they fly back? Yeah. And so it's, um, it's, it's an important area of research. Now, what, what can we do now uh, on, on our level? Okay. Um, so, um, there's a lot of like trackers, right? You've got smart watches, you've got smart rigs, you've got smart mattresses or mattress pads. Uh, you've got your phones as well. And the thing is like, don't, uh, uh, well, I'd say it's like, it's great if you track it, but don't uh, become obsessed, right? Because uh, the whole point of sleep is to relax. So mm-hmm. um, you can it, don't fall into this uh, anxiety that, okay, I've got to get my eight hours of sleep and I got only seven hours. My God, like what's, what's going to happen? It's like, well, you've got only seven and you feel fine. Like just, you know, just, uh, just go along with the ride and it's, 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 it's might be all good. Right. Um, but if you can get like a, a, a tracker, um, you know, because you get like feedback, right. Um, that's, uh, that can be really useful. Um, uh, the biggest, uh, very important tip I'd give people is like, Keep your sleep regular throughout the week, you know, because a lot of people who have a day job, um, they'll be like, you know, um, on Saturday night, they will go out or whatnot, um, or they will, you know, stay, stay longer for watch a movie or something. Um, and, and then that, that disturb it, um, you, you, you go to bed, uh, uh, you wake up late on, on Saturday morning, you wake up late on Sunday, and then it's hard to fall asleep uh, early on Sunday evening. So, you know, uh, try to keep a regular sleep schedule best you can. Um, and, uh, you know, usual stuff like cold and dark, um, quiet room, um, is easy. If you go to a chess tournament, uh, get a, um, an eye mask mm-hmm. because you don't know, um, if the curtains are not blackout curtains in your, in your hotel room, you're in trouble. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, there's great. I love, I love sums with like two. Uh, strands on the back so they don't sleep um and uh get earplugs right you've got like really great uh small earplugs you you put them in your ears and so if you go to a tournament you don't know maybe there's like uh, uh um you know a party um in the same hotel and and they will like uh, disturb you so um you know do your best to to prevent yourself against this type of uh, of, um, yeah. of things. Personally, I'm a, I'm a big fan of napping before games, especially. Um, I guess you you're you're living in Europe, so you don't have the um, the pleasure of playing two games a day uh, like we do in, in the U.S. But that second round, it can start like five, six, seven p.m. Um, I found that I at least I feel much better if I can get like a twenty or thirty minute nap before the game, even if I'm just lying down with my eyes closed and I don't actually fall asleep I just feel much much better and I often recommend to people like you know just taking that rest for the second round is sometimes I think often just more useful than doing some kind of like last minute uh, opening prep because the, the opening you might guess it right you you probably won't but if you get just a little bit of rest and you feel somewhat fresh that'll help you you know regardless of what opening actually ends up um, over the board yeah, I mean, it feels like sleep is so important, and yet still, I don't know. It, it's like, it, it it seems like the thing people they kind of let it slip before other stuff. <laughs> it's like, uh, mm. I'm, I think 
it, yeah. I feel like it has to do with your point how, you know, when you're even a little bit sleep deprived, you don't quite feel it. So the consequences are not immediate, I guess. Yeah, uh, I definitely with you on uh, on the naps. Um, naps are great. Um, okay, it's it's observational data, but they seem to be associated with much better uh, health outcomes. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, definitely uh, um, if you can nap, that's uh, that's fantastic. Um, that and um, yeah, uh, if, and even like you know, you see professionals. Uh, um, They'll, they'll go all the way across the world and, and try to play a game like uh, one day after. And it's like, well, do you think you're going to play well if you do that? <laughs> uh, but then, okay, they're constrained, you know, um, um, if, you, um, if you don't have the, the, the resources to allow yourself several days to, um, to arrive before the tournament, that can be, uh, that can be tricky. Uh, but definitely... You know, when going through time zones, uh, try to, to go well in advance to, to adapt is, is another like uh, uh, very simple uh, tip. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I'm able to, I try to um, if I'm traveling within the U.S., I try to get there the night before so I can get like a full night's of sleep in the hotel. And then the few times I've traveled to Europe, I really try to get there like three, four days before the tournament to at least have some time to yeah. uh, to recover. So, yeah, that just seems like so, so important. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Um, should we move on to um, uh, actually a, a tool we have to measure recovery? Mm -hmm. And um, that's like heart rate viability. So what is heart rate viability? Um, so it's like a physiological measurement, right? That gives a sense of the, the stress level of the, the body and the, the nervous system. And there's, there's a lot of, you know, research uh, going on. So what is it? You know, you have your heartbeat, but they won't be at regular intervals, right? Um, there'll be like some small variation. And basically, this small variation um, are this heart um, rate uh, uh, viability, Right. Um, and um, so how can we measure it? Um, well, there's, there's a lot of, uh, of ways. Um, same. There's like lots of trackers that will measure some of it. Um, guys, if you want to do something cheap, uh, and I really encourage you to like, you know, even if you're curious about your own body, like track heart rate viability a little bit. Um, there's a great free app that is fantastic. It's called Kubios HRV. Oh, could, and, you, could uh, you spell that real quick? It's, um, if we, uh, it's Kubios K, uh, Kilo, Uniform, mm -hmm. Bravo, India, Oscar, Sierra. Kubios. And then you said HRV? Yeah. yeah. If you search for Kubios on your um, app store, uh, it will be. And with this, uh, buy a cheap um, heart rate uh, strap. Mm -hmm. um, like, um, okay, Polar has one, but there's like Polar clones that are like, and this could be like something like 30 bucks on Amazon uh, or to support your um, local uh, small retailer. <laughs> Um, and, and, and really for just 30 bucks, the heart, the, the, the strap, which you can reuse for other sports uh, activities later on and the free app, it's, uh, it's going to be, um, uh, everything you need. Um, and, um, let's move on to slide 14 and, um, I've yeah. put some screenshots from the Kubius app. 
right? And um, so it's it's quite um, HRV is, is not one number. Um, the um, your tracker will try to tell you it's one number, and of course it's simple to boil things down to one number. But actually, uh, you can do like a lot of like analysis from uh, from this data. So, and it's actually not quite clear in the science like which of all these numbers is important. But we kind of like use one main one, which seems to be like quite good indication. But uh, you know, maybe uh, in in five years it's like yeah, actually there's like this other measurement that's better and. That would be fantastic to to know. Um, so I've got like um, yeah, sorry for people in audio form, but um, basically the recovered athlete. So this is this is our um, our mystery uh, uh, top player and recovered. Uh, the app calls it like a ninety three percent readiness, mm -hmm. right? So you know. Um, you know, ready for his like day of, uh, um, you know, chess and exercise and whatnot. Um, after a hard workout, so the morning after is at 34%. So that's like how hard, um, your, your, uh, your, the, the stress that your body has absorbed, right? Like, um, this is so-called readiness. Um, now, um, I've got some data, um, which has been measured right after the World Cup game, right? And is at like the same uh, level, so 35%. So um, right after the World Cup game is like, we can say um, that his, his nervous system is as beat up as if he had like a super hard uh, interval session. So um, this was, this is like before. a real measurement taken like the this, evening this is, after this, like the classical game? This is, uh, um, this is the evening uh, of the after the 2021 World Cup, after like a, a, a five-hour classical game. Gotcha. And so, could you quickly explain? Like, uh, I didn't quite get. So, heart rate variability. Like, wh mm -hmm. what does that mean in kind of like layman's terms? Just like I, I guess it has to do with um, like endurance and, and stamina. Um, but how do we how do we understand this one? Yeah. So. Um, it's it's basically you've got um, if we go back to to slide thirteen there's like this little infographic that I took from um, Adam Virgil who has lots of great infographics so you know sh sh shout out to uh, to Adam mm -hmm. um, and um, it, it's basically you've got your your nervous system and there's two components there's one calming one and one uh, uh, exciting one and, and basically um, strenuous exercise or uh, straight up stress. Is gonna modify this imbalance, right? So this imbalance uh, between these two components of your nervous system—that's uh, what measured by the HRV. Does that does that make uh, uh, more sense now? Yeah. So does it mean like um, if you're, let's say, if you're more stressed, so you've just had a hard workout, does that mean there's going to be a longer variation or, or shorter variation? It, there's gonna be uh, uh, less variation. It's gonna be very regular. Um, uh -huh. So yeah, this very regular um, uh, thing is um, is uh, uh, a problem, right? It means that you're you're, you're basically um, uh, uh, quite tired. You need to recover from what you've done. Is the uh, the bottom line. Gotcha. So. Um, now this this uh, this number. So we take this 
the, the, this deviation and then we multiply it and they usually that's what people call the archer v is just one number but there's like many other number the app gives you everything and it gives you a readiness so you can kind of like take as a summary uh thing okay. um so yeah that's that's super interesting to see like the the kind of um nervous stress that's put on after like this uh, super intense uh, uh classical game um, and I've put a, a, a false uh, screenshot here, which is his, his measurement um, the day after, right? And he's at like 52%. So, uh, you know, definitely uh, uh, not uh, uh, fully recovered um, after a, a, a full day of, uh, of chess. This was taken on, um, on, uh, on a rest day. Uh, and I say like, on the day of your game, don't take the measurement because... Um, if if what 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 if it's like it's it's also like this um you know uh, if you want to test yourself for a million things uh you need to have a plan in place uh depending on what you're gonna find right mm -hmm. um so um you get up the morning of the game and you give a hundred percent um if you see that uh your app or your ring or your whatever tells you you're tired like um if you're at 70 percent now if you give half of this you're giving 35 percent of yourself if you're at 70 percent when you get out of bed give a hundred percent of this right because yeah. um that makes sense um so i i would advise not to look at it um on the day of the game because it's not going to change anything and um your mindset will be different um so yeah that's uh but then like on the rest day okay see um see if uh if uh so we use this on a day-to-day -day basis like okay um definitely on this rest day not a lot of exercise right because it's already like quite uh uh tired right. so use this to modulate okay um are we gonna and if it had been better it's like okay maybe go for like a longer job or whatnot but uh here definitely to Kind of like take it on the easy side, uh, exercise-wise, on the the rest day of the World Cup. Gotcha, gotcha. So we have about let's say ten minutes left. I know we're not okay. going to get through everything, but maybe if there's a couple of uh, other key points you wanted to make, we can um, jump to that. Yeah. Um, Let's let's see. Uh, let, let's go through 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 things. Uh, I think uh, fairly quickly. Um, sure. I mean, um, just like some some key takeaway that people, it would be really good if they if they get this in terms of like nutrition. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, try to follow a balanced diet of of home prepared food. You know, and same again. It's like um, how well can you stick to it. Um, just numbers that people need to have in, in terms is like one kilogram of fat is 7,500 calories, right? And so you see that like, if you decide that your deficit, right? Uh, so how much you need versus how much is your intake? Um, you know, if, if it needs, uh, um, if it's like uh, a thousand a day, then you need like, you know, more than a week, uh, which would be like a lot, this would be a, a huge deficit, but the thing is, um, exercise is like a few hundred calories every session, right? But you can see that it's easy to, to, to be in a 400 calorie deficit. So the thing is, um, 
there's this saying you can't outrun a bad diet and it's just to realize these numbers mm -hmm. right because it's super easy to you have a hard workout it's 400 calories uh you get your you know you eat a protein bar and there's like you know uh that's already 300 uh so all of a sudden uh it's like um you know almost uh, almost gone right so um you know just have regular um you know nutrition to to fuel your your physical training i'm sure people can uh, easily get uh, really good resources uh on the internet um so if we go to slide maybe 17 mm -hmm. um i'd like to show that um um the processed food versus unprocessed food mm. and that's like randomized experiment so not observational data but it has like a higher standard of uh um uh, uh scientific uh, uh groundness and it's like um, if you let people eat what they want, um, they will gain a lot more weight on the uh, processed food than on the unprocessed, right. right? So, you know, as much as you can, um, make your food, uh, plus you can prepare it the way you want. It's, it's delicious um, rather than, uh, you know, um, sure, you got to leave a little sometimes, and, uh, and, um, but um, this is something that, uh, I think an, an easy win. Um, and what's important is like, people get really caught up in terms of like, okay, what supplement should I take? Or should I eat like once a day or twice a day or so on? And it's like, people have this uh, this, this wrong and this like other, another pyramid. And yeah, it's like, I took it from Andy Morgan was like, uh, if you guys want to know more about nutrition, you can check him out. It's like a great resource. And And what's important is like how much you eat Right, the calories should be your first thing. And then it's like what you eat. And then it's like, you know, things about the timing or the, and the supplements, like, you know, the idea is like, you shouldn't really need supplements if you have like a balanced diet. Um, so I think these are like important uh, takeaway on the, on the nutrition side. Okay, cool. Yeah, good to know. I mean, it is all kind of intuitive, but yeah, I think the nowadays there are so many different, um, I guess, like perspectives and theories on nutrition, I feel like, yeah, it's so easy to get lost in the the details. Uh, like, yeah, like when should you eat and like specific timing, but like, yeah, it does kind of feel like if you just focus on eating like healthier foods overall, that's like most of the work, right? That you yeah. want to achieve. And, and I would advise people try to count your calories and you don't need to do it forever. The mm -hmm. first day is going to be a nightmare. The right. second day is going to be easier. And after a week, it's going to be a, a skill you get for life because then you realize, um, uh, because people are really bad at estimating how much they eat. But um, really, uh, if, you, if you put a little bit of effort, it will become second nature very easily. And then you can see that that should be the first thing you look at rather than obsessing about like two versus three meals per day. And do you have any thoughts on, um, people always ask like, what to eat before the game or like during the game? Well, I think it's a, it's a matter of um, personal preference. Definitely don't have a large meal because then like uh, the gut draws a lot of blood to, to digest it. So definitely don't have something um, uh, something heavy. Um, I'd say the, the, the rule number one of tournaments is don't try anything new because, mm. um, you know, uh, if you try anything new, you can get into, into trouble very easily. Um, now, um, whether you should eat something that, um, 
doesn't spike your blood sugar so much like uh, with what's so-called low glycemic index uh, versus something that would be uh, spiking it more. There doesn't seem to be a lot of actual empirical evidence to uh, sustain mm. that, even though uh, that would be maybe something interesting. But the thing is, with human nutrition, there's so much variation from one person to the next. It's like, you know, try to find something that you feel good at, good on, you know, uh, the snack that, uh, you know, uh, is, is good for you uh, at the board and definitely keep it like not crunchy and not uh, uh, greasy so that you don't mess up with the pieces and disturb <laughs> the boards next to you right. um, uh, and definitely find something that, that works for you I'd say okay yeah please eat away from the board guys <laughs> please um, okay maybe we can move on to uh, a slide 20 um, yeah. like um because okay, I was um, people with the slide they can check out like um, you know a few points about um, uh, uh, mental prep, but I'd like to to you know spend our time to to talk about maybe how how you you want to choose a coach. So um, you know um, I think it's important that um, uh, have coach that is um, evidence based, right? So you know following. Uh, uh, not dogma, but uh, um, you know, scientific principles. That that means that uh, if someone follows the science, that means that sometimes it's going to be wrong. That mm -hmm. means that sometimes mm -hmm. he's he's going to uh, have to change his mind, and he doesn't have all the solutions, right? Um, but definitely, and whether it's like chess or uh, sports or anything, uh, you need to understand why. Why is he giving you this problem? Why is he giving you this session? Like it can't be just you know copy paste, right? Um, and uh, yeah, best coaches are usually not the best competitors, as in uh, the best competitors are very like inward focused, you know, to their to their own performance. And the best uh, coaches are very um, uh, focused towards others. And I think it was Jacob Ogard on the dojo that was saying uh, he was more interested in his teammates' games than in his right. own games during mm -hmm. the, the and that's that's uh, uh, um, an interesting you know trigger um, also if you have a coach whether it's physical or mental um, the ethics is that um, the goal for the athlete is to be autonomous right um, that person is not there to be a guru that you're dependent on for like you know his magic words like um, a good mental coach gives you tools that you train on because you don't arrive with a mental tool that you've never used on, on game day, just like your chest. And this tool then, you you it's yours and you can use it, right? So at first you're gonna see him a lot and then you're gonna see him less. And um, it's definitely not gonna like, you know, keep you uh, uh, dependent. Uh, so I think that's just uh, one important thing to, um, uh, to put out there. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, so, I think um, if we go on slide 21, I'd say like um, really sports safe chess. Um, I think, um, you know, esports have um, now a higher level of professionalism mm -hmm. in their players, right? Um, there is a big drive into health and wellness, into their performance, right? There is a lot of research into, you know, the nutrition, the exercise and so on, how it ties into the performance as an esport player. So you're, and, and you're these, talking about um, like gamers here, like video gamers. Correct. Yeah, video gamers. Yeah, mm -hmm. esports as in video gamers. And um, definitely 
the chess world will then look at take all this research and and then be able to to apply it and it's it's going to be a, a a win-win for chess and i put like this nice photo of uh, from from fabian broek uh, uh shout out to fabian who's like the performance coach for excel gaming mm. and um it's like um the team of the the team house um uh, there's this team and there's like some nice motivational coach he's like a is um is a sword psychologist um so definitely a lot to be gained uh for chess from esports definitely in the next few years from the research coming from that very cool um and, i really um, want to actually jump to your yeah. next slide because whenever <laughs> this gets mentioned there's always people that are very angry about this so yeah maybe you could just yeah. set the record straight about this um sure famous article um, now <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's, maybe this is the the hill I will die on. Um, <laughs> so there was this this ESPN article, and um, in there there's like the thing is like what's annoying is like the article is really good actually, mm-hmm. like um, you know presenting um, uh, the need for sports for uh, chess players and all mm-hmm. their athletes. This is like absolutely spot on, right? But then. Um, they tried to they, they put out this number of like chess burning 6000 calories per day or this like also polar number of 560 cal- calories per hour and this is this is definitely not something they should have used and actually the scientists that give them this told them not to really use it that he wasn't sure but it it became like this this number took a life of its own and now right. people are using it over and over again and again it's a shame because the article is really good this ESPN article but now it's uh, I, I don't know if we'll ever uh, uh, get rid of it but <laughs> the thing is um it's and the thing is we really have the data it's like how much do you uh um uh, burn from uh you know uh doing esports or uh, playing chess or and and there's like um um the the images are a bit blurry but uh, there's an, an article uh, there's one study that's from a few years ago and this another study from like uh, a few months ago and um basically just because your heart rate is high doesn't mean that uh you you're going to be um using a lot of energy mm-hmm. and and we can actually measure this in the lab because we can put you know this uh, is uh, you've you've seen people on exercise back with like yeah. bike with like a tube on their on their on their face and it's basically you measure like how much um, uh, uh, oxygen they're 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 consuming directly and, and so we've we've measured this and um, chess uses like um, I think about 120 calories per hour right so this is half of uh, what a walk would be right and it's definitely not. 560 calories from this uh, heart rate uh, monitors because the heart rate monitors it need to be calibrated for a special activity. Mm-hmm. It, it sees a heart rate, but it doesn't know how much you're breathing, right? If you're stressed, your heart rate is high because you're stressed. It's different as your heart rate being high because you're running, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, these these numbers are unfortunately wrong. We have the evidence. And also the thing is like common sense. Uh, I mean, these 6,000 calories per day, this is like, you know, mountain stage in the Tour de France, right? right. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, it would be like losing, you know, yeah, close to a kilogram of, of lean mass per day. Uh, you know, this, this would be like uh, uh, bonkers. So 
um, this this is the myth um, that really took a life of uh, of its own. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the reasons is that I think a lot of chess players have the subjective experience of exerting a lot of energy, and I've definitely had tournaments where you know I was away for a week or two weeks, and then I came home and I'd clearly like lost a lot of weight, even though I felt like yeah. my diet wasn't uh, not like I was eating less food. If anything, sometimes when I'm traveling, I feel like I'm eating more food because I'm eating like three meals and you have to eat out all the time. So you're kind of eating like heavier foods. But I've definitely had that experience where I feel like, yeah, I'm exerting a ton of energy at the chessboard. But there must be just other stuff going on. Like it's possible, um, of course, like after the game, you know, you're still kind of uh, filled with adrenaline from the stress and that might affect your um, your weight and, and other kinds of things but I'm glad Definitely. okay we had you here to kind of set the record straight so it was a good article it's just they had this like one clickbait line of like the 6,000 yeah. calories um, well Benji we, we do have to kind of finish up maybe we'll jump to your yeah. uh, conclusion slide yeah, def- yeah. so um, yeah there's a lot of, of room uh, for top players to improve the, their, their performance um, through the periodi- periodization of exercise, um, they can quantify their recovery with tools like HR heart um, rate variability, uh, and you know use like uh, uh, mental toughness uh, techniques. And um, I think one one super important thing is like the the research that's done on esports with you know video gamers. Um, this will spill over to chess, mm. um, and and that's going to be some uh, some interesting thing on like you know. Uh, um, nutrition and health and wellness uh, uh, in uh, in general. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks so much. This has been incredibly interesting. Um, I I think there's so much here. We'd be happy to have you back for like a part two at some point. I think people <laughs> um, really enjoyed it. Now you're at Benji Porto on uh, Twitter and uh, you have yeah. your site here, uh, mindcreaser.com. There is a question. Yeah. Are you also in the, the Discord uh, for, for Dojo if people want to reach out to you directly? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, they can. They can. Uh, I'm in the the dojo Discord. Would you mind sharing your username? I'll just type it for the the folks in the chat. Uh, good question. <laughs> I can uh, I can look it up for you. We were just messaging. Um, yeah, it's it's Benji. Um, Ash one four three six. I don't know if that's the tag you're looking for. One four three six. Yeah, the the four numbers. Yeah. So Benji. Yeah. One four three six, and uh, you're yeah. in. You're in the Chess Dojo Discord, so people should be yeah. able to to find you there. Um, Definitely. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks so much again. This has been. Uh, uh, thanks you. Really, really cool. And uh, I'm going to be using a lot of the stuff we talked about <laughs> for my own training. Uh, she's giving me a ton of ideas. And yeah, hopefully we'll we'll have you back uh, in the future. Thank you so much, Kostya. It was a, a great pleasure.